Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, November 28th. We begin with an update on the war in Ukraine. The past few days have been marked by a barrage of Russian bombs aimed at crippling Ukraine power plants and critical infrastructure. We get the latest on the war from Ivan Kachinovsky, professor of political science from the University of Ottawa. Could 15 minutes of physical activity per day save your life? We catch up with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician, for details on a new study that draws the connection between moderate exercise and a decreased risk of breast cancer. Then it's another edition of Motivational Monday. This time out, we meet a Calgary man who shares his personal story of how his time volunteering with Big Brothers Big Sisters program in Calgary has changed his life. And finally, our annual Pledge Day takes place this Friday here on 770 CHQR. Our on-air contributor, Dave McIver, continues to highlight some of the charities that your donated dollars will help. This time out, Dave shines a spotlight on the STAR program part of Youth Singers Calgary. Russia's war on Ukraine continues, recently seeing an attack on Ukraine's energy grid and then a recent barrage of missiles that struck the liberated city of Kyrgyzstan. With the latest, we're joined this morning by Ivan Kachinovsky, political science professor at the University of Ottawa. Good morning to you, Professor. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Good morning and thank you for the invitation. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise. Russia continuing to attack Ukrainian cities, knocking out power to thousands as the cold weather sets in. What do you see as Russian President Vladimir Putin's plan right now? Is it it just to make things as miserable as possible for the Ukrainian people with winter setting in? I think uh, Russia attached to uh, force uh, Zelensky into negotiations, into accept a peace agreement on Russian terms. And, uh, and this is a tactic which is used specifically to target electric infrastructure, which led to massive power outages in Ukraine in the last um, few weeks. And uh, Zelensky said that Russia is expected to continue such strikes against electricity and infrastructure in Ukraine this week. So I think this would be very significant impact on uh, on Ukraine and specifically on civilians, which are affected not only because of power outages, but also because of related water outages. Internet is down in many cities and also uh, heating is uh, is out because of uh, electricity cuts. Professor, you know, this has only been the past couple of weeks that we've really looked at this uh, opportunity that the Russians are taking to use and weaponize utilities to a certain extent, you know, these essentials of life, but using them as kind of weapons when they're destroying them and removing them from being used. But this is nothing new in war, is it, Professor? Uh, yes, I, I specialize in conflict studies in, in human rights, in, and I research this, uh, such wars in many other countries. And this happened before in, uh, in the war in Kosovo, in Yugoslavia, and also in the war in Iraq. So this is a tactic which was used in other wars. But in this case, Ukraine is also kind of uh, affected because uh, Ukraine uh, is located in an area which is a uh, uh, much uh, colder area. And for this season, winter now is going to have very significant impact on, on people living there. Many people would have uh, no power at all. And this is uh, very difficult. And many people living in uh, very uh, uh, high uh, apartments, uh, like big apartments, which have no elevators. And this is, again, becomes a very tough situation right now because winter uh, just uh, start to impact uh, Ukraine. And uh, I think this is one of considerations which Russia uses in specifically to target electric infrastructure of Ukraine. 
Professor, with the way things are going, I think, you know, it, does this just carry on? Is there any end in sight at this point? Uh, I think uh, uh, based on my research, I, I'm uh, quite pessimistic that this war would end uh, soon because um, there is no real possibility of any peace agreement uh, because Ukraine and Russia are on very different uh, positions concerning uh, war. And uh, Zelensky believes that you can, um, can uh, win this war by uh, taking back not only Donbass, uh, but also Crimea. And uh, Russia also publicly stated that they want to continue with, the, with this war and achieve their goals, which is, again, militarily now it's very tough because of weather conditions, but also because of uh, supplies of weapons and support from uh, NATO countries, Western countries to Ukraine, which um, uh, led to uh, Ukraine being able to, to have uh, new resources which were not available uh, at the beginning of this war. Professor, thanks for your time. Looks like a very interesting and, and perhaps a rough winter ahead, uh, but we appreciate your time. Thank you. That is Ivan Kachanovsky, Professor of Political Science at the University of Ottawa. I'm on Professor Kachanovsky's Twitter page right now. Just an interesting stat that he wrote about. Last summer in the Donbass region, Ukrainians were firing six to 7,000 artillery rounds every day. The Russians firing forty to 50,000 rounds per day. And just as a, sort of to bring those numbers home, the United States produces 15,000 rounds every month. They only make 15,000 month, rounds per month in the U.S. And the Russians were firing off 50 to uh, forty to 50,000 rounds per day. Like two, almost two to three times mm. the uh, amount that is produced out of the U.S. per That's month. That's amazing. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting to me and uh, what the professor touched on and this type of warfare that does indeed weaponize the utilities, weaponize heat, electricity, fuel, whatever it might be that we use to live our lives. What... Uh, you know, we're hoping the Ukrainian people can stay strong because it was proven that they did have the will to stand up to the Russian aggressors. Great. Um, and uh, they are willing to fight. They have learned to fight. They have the support of the world and they're using the weapons. But this is really just an attack to uh, have them kind of put down arms and say, we, we need electricity, we need heat. And many saying so, that's a human rights yeah, abuse, uh, of right? Course, of course it is. But, I mean, could this be the issue, um, you know, at this point? Could this be, you know, pushing the Russian, uh, you know, aggression further? Because I can't imagine. How long could you last, Sue, without lights, no. without heat? So this is where it starts to really get down to the will and, and the spirit of the Ukrainian people. So it's going to be a tough one ahead. And you can see why so many Ukrainians are fleeing. I mean, how... You want to stay, you want to defend your country, you want to fight, but you also have family. You've got children that you need to look Elderly after. Elderly people, children. You want to survive, of course. And, you know, we're, we're, we here in Calgary are seeing so many Ukrainian people still flooding into the city, flooding into the province, flooding into yes. the country. And it's been amazing to see how many Calgarians are helping out on social media to make sure these people are welcome. I think that's what it gets down to. And that's why we effort to do a couple of stories per week. This story has not gone away. Has it moved no. a little bit from the headlines? Yes, because it is now, as I mentioned at the beginning there, over nine months into it now. Not that it's back page news, but we've mm. got to keep it in the conversation so that we can give some money and help with resources and do what we can. And by the way, still looking for places. I know Shay had a, a story on his show last week where you were still looking for host families. And you yeah. don't have to really do too much other than host 
somebody, an individual, a family that might be coming from Ukraine. If you can do more, maybe take them to doctor's appointments, for example. You can host for a week, you can host for a couple of weeks, but they're really looking for people to help out, especially in the winter months, right, when more and more Ukrainians are coming here and fleeing the, the terrible things going on in their country. And it's not the case. I think that at first when we opened our doors and our our, our borders and said, hey, come on, that it might be a few months or it could be, you know, until things get on solid ground over there. Now we don't know when this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Some might be here for the rest of their lives and starting a new life. Yeah, know. and I know there are a ton of supports once the Ukrainians come here and, and host families have them in their homes. A ton of supports to get all the things done that need to get done because that took a little time to sort of get yeah. that up and running. And they have that. It's like a fine-tuned machine now. They just need people to house these Ukrainian folks who are coming into the country before they can get their own place and get on their own Very feet. good point. So, yeah. yeah, do what you can for sure. Lots of uh, different organizations within the for city sure. that, that will connect you and in, in, uh, get the ball rolling for sure. Yep. Could 15 minutes of physical activity actually save your life? According to a new study, that may be the case. With all the details, we're joined this morning by Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. This is fascinating. Tell us a little bit about the study and uh, sort of, you know, the background behind what's what they've discovered yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this caught my eye just because of how short the time of exercise was to make a, a big difference. So this is a study coming out of California. It's a breast cancer survivor study. So these uh, are all women who actually survived breast cancer. They followed 350 women for approximately eight years. And they broke them up into three categories. The women who did, say, 30 minutes or more of exercise for most days of the week. Uh, Those who did maybe around 15 for most days of the week. And then those who really didn't even do 15 minutes on any day. So very sedentary. What did they find? The group who did activity, whether it be 15 minutes or 30 minutes or more, did much, much better than the very sedentary group. The difference between the very active and just a bit active group was almost nothing. So hence the the notion that even 15 minutes a day could really make a difference. And the difference was 60% in mortality rate. So if you depends on if you're thinking about this glass half full or glass half empty. I would view this if you do the glass half empty. If you are a breast cancer survivor and you don't exercise, you have a 60% chance of dying quicker than your cohorts who are out there being a bit more active, right? So activity really can make a difference here. Well, you know, when you talk about that activity, we've given it kind of a time range, but how intense of that 15 to 30 minutes? Are we talking about running as fast as you can to try to do a couple miles in 15 minutes, or is it moderate exercise? This, again, it appears to be extremely moderate. 15 minutes of very moderate exercise a day is absolutely nothing, but yet it made a difference. So, no, this was not intense activity at all. Again, not that I'm saying that that's that's a good thing. Like, if you like to exercise intensely, go for it. And it's really, it has a lot of other benefit. But just helping uh, you stay alive doesn't need that much. Mm -hmm. I guess that's where this is going. Which, I mean, breast cancer, most common cancer worldwide, right? So the fact that we can have some help moving forward and through it for women, that's huge. Yeah. So, again, the other take home for me out of this study is that uh, when they looked at uh, when women died, what did they die of? Uh, 90% were not cancer-related. They were all cardiovascular. So even if you're a cancer survivor, you have to take care of your heart. So you have to worry about cholesterol and blood pressure and blood sugar, etc. That's where the money is. 
really not uh, being anxious about uh, the future of your mm. breast cancer and actually not exercising. You know, sitting around terrified of, of, of dying of breast cancer, actually you're going to die more likely of heart. So take care of your heart. That's the real take the message here. Dr. J, I'm wondering, this is something that's been in the conversation when it comes to healthcare and being physical, physically active for, for it seems like the past few years to me is, you know, physicians writing prescriptions for gyms, for example, or for fitness programs. Uh, I know that my physicians always, oh, yeah, be a little more active and suggested things, but are we close enough to have those prescriptions for fitness? I think really forward-looking countries or provinces. We've had similar things in Alberta for short periods of time where we value that and it's either a a tax advantage if you exercise or you get a free uh, membership or something if you're willing to commit to something. I think that's really forward-looking and really, really smart. And I think we absolutely should be moving in that direction. So I could write a prescription for it. And uh, if you go through with it, you fill that prescription then you get some bonus or some really good thing more than just feeling healthy. (laughs) You get something in your pocket or you get some free membership or free something. That's really, you know, that's what we should be doing. We should be promoting this. Got to stay fit. Got to stay active for sure. Thank you so much, Dr. J. Appreciate your time. Okay, you betcha. Thanks. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. few years have been pretty tough. Canadians still longing to reconnect with friends and family after we lost so much time together. A Canadian influencer and outdoor enthusiast Ricky Forbes felt that lost connection with an 11-year-old boy that he met through the Big Brothers Big Sisters program and Ricky joins us now to talk about it. Hi Ricky, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Okay, tell us a little bit about your pal Taco. Yeah, absolutely. Taco, his real name is Tyler, but we call him Taco. And Taco and I met, you know, six years ago through Little Brother Big Brother program, and we've been hanging out ever since. And he's a really great person, and, you know, he's always up for anything. And um, I'm so really grateful to be his big brother. You just really get to see the world uh, from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, this, we're going to talk about the journeys and how you spend your time uh, when you're presented with this opportunity with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But... Ricky, when it comes to free time, we all have our own free will and can choose those areas we spend our free time with and and those causes that we support. So what was it about Big Brothers Big Sisters that attracted you to begin with? You know, getting the chance uh, to work with youth. Growing up, to tell you the truth, I had a lot of great opportunities for mentors in my life, and I really wanted to pass on the favor. I felt like it was the right thing to do, and um, yeah, it was simple as that. Let's talk a little bit about connection because obviously that's a, a big deal for the bigs and the littles in the Big Sisters Big uh, Brothers program. So that connection, how important was that to you? And, and what, you know, for you and Taco, what did you kind of lose through the pandemic that you had to sort of rebuild at the end? Yeah, you know, spending time with Taco, um, it really was just that one-on-one time. You know, whether we were going go-karting or going for a walk along the river, it was just time to spend together that um, I know means a lot to him. And with COVID and everything that went on during those times, um, we were FaceTiming, but it wasn't the same. And, you know, as soon as uh, that started to open up, we had a chance. We planned an RV trip this past summer, and we traveled through Saskatchewan, Alberta, the prairies and the mountains and waterfalls. And it was absolutely incredible. Something that Taco has never got to do. And uh, I love the outdoors. I love adventuring. And it was just an absolutely incredible experience. 
got to be difficult because I know as a father of four myself, I know kids can be quite shy and it takes sometimes a, a little bit for them to come out of their shell. So let's talk about and back it up to when you first met Taco. How long did that connection really start to solidify? Yeah, you know, um, I, I have two children myself as well. And I think it um, it took a few times hanging out, a, a few laughs together, a few uh, trial and errors together. I know... Uh, you know, we, we went sledding and we went bowling and uh, we, did, we did a few things. And eventually he started to warm up. And uh, But to tell you the truth, I also lucked out because Taco was also a very outgoing kid. You know what? If you met him, within two minutes, he would have you laughing. So I got lucky on that side of things. So we know, obviously, you're a big fan of the program. We hear from so many people who get involved, just how rewarding it is. On this Motivational Monday, what would you say to other people who maybe are looking for just a little something to motivate them? Why this program? Why go find a big brother, big sister, you know, or the little that would go along with you? You know, I would encourage others to definitely look into it. Uh, You know, it only takes a few hours a week, and I've talked to other friends about it. And sometimes it seems like, well, too much commitment. If I can't make it this week, um, will I let them down? Does somebody get mad at me? No, you know, um, you do get set up through the program, and there's other programs like this as well. And once you do get set up, the conversation is between you and them, you and their parents. And so if you, if you have something coming up this week, that's okay. If you can make it up next week, that's great. Um, any moment really helps. Uh, in particular, I know with the Big Brother Big Sister program, in nearly every city across Canada, that they have way more littles uh, waiting. You know, some people have, uh, sorry, they call them littles, but they have five, six, sometimes the wait list of 700 kids. Mm. And so any little bit helps. And sometimes people feel like, oh, you know, I might not be the, the best role model, the most entertaining role model. That's not what they're after. Like, they just want to hang out with you. If you need to go to Costco to get groceries, they love that. They just want to hang out, get out of the house, talk to somebody else. Um, it's incredible how much more means to them than you would think. And what, yeah, I want to touch on that and uh, circle back to that, Ricky, is some of the, when I, when I use the term, and it sounds incorrect when I use the term mundane, but I think we have this impression that you have to go skydiving or on an incredible RV trip, yeah. but it could be going for lunch or dinner, couldn't it? Oh, 100%. You know, um, I actually had that problem when I first started that we went go-karting and then we went bowling. I was like, well, I can't keep this up. It's a bit, it's a bit unaffordable, actually. And uh, yeah, and somebody mentioned, you know, like, just go for a walk on the river. And I tried that out and I was like, wow, you know what? In fact, we connected more just walking on the river and we connected more just doing what you would think is a mundane thing, but it's not mundane to them. And uh, yeah, just changing your view on that. I think it's a great reminder that motivation comes in so many different forms. Motivation for you, Ricky, to have a little brother in the case of Taco and for Taco to have somebody to inspire him and just, you know, show that they care. I think it's just really super important. Thanks for reminding about that today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it uh, means the world to have Taco in my life. And, you know, like I said, getting to do that RV trip this past summer was really incredible with him. Love it. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Appreciate your time. Yes, thanks a lot for having me. Thank you. Ricky Forbes is an influencer and outdoor enthusiast. You can find him at at Forbes Ricky. And? Yeah, and it's bbbscalgary.ca, bbbscalgary.ca, big brothers, big sisters of Calgary and area. And what I love about this is I was not, I've never been a big brother or a big sister for that matter, as you <laughs> might imagine. But when I was in Red Deer, uh, we wanted to choose charities. As, as a TV station, we had different causes. And the one thing, when I say charities, uh, I guess I'd say time to spend things. Because I went into scouting, and right. I was a scout growing up. Had no children of my own. I was uh, considerably younger back then. But I was a beaver leader for Scouts Canada. Yep. And what I enjoyed about it, 
and I and I sense a similar idea when it comes to big brothers, big sisters. So often when we do something charitable or give our time, it's to kind of correct an issue with society, you, you know, but in this case, it's to foster growth and relationships and to yeah. give positive. Same with, same with the, the Beavers and, and the Scouts that I was involved with, right? That it's a positive impact in someone's life. Versus we're not trying to correct something. With money, se. with money, right? Exactly, with Throw money. money at or like, yeah, I hear you. It was an issue with, you know, for example, even a food bank, which does great work. You're trying to help people who can't make... This is a relationship This is thing. a human being. And yeah, and you, and you you both very much benefit. So uh, bbbscalgary.ca, we'll direct you there if you have, have some free time and want to yeah. make that impact. Like just taking a kid, to, I would not have thought of that, right? Just taking a kid to the grocery store for yeah. a little outing. It's really all you need to do. It doesn't, it doesn't require a ton of time. But boy, it's got to be rewarding. I know so many people who've done it. Uh, I think it's just a great organization. Make that difference. Yeah, yeah absolutely. As we move closer to our annual Pledge Day here on 770 CHQR, of course, this Friday, December 2nd, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., our on-air contributor Dave McIver is highlighting some of the charities that your donated dollars will help. Today, Dave is shining the spotlight on a program from the Youth Singers of Calgary. The Calgary Children's Foundation distributed $180,000 to local children's charities in 2022 and has been raising money for small children's charities in the Calgary area since 1992. Many of the charities need just a small amount of support to see a big result. One of the groups that the foundation helps out with is the STAR program through Calgary Youth Singers. It's a music and movement program for those with cognitive disabilities. Jen Morton is one of the directors. Well, the STAR program is one of the divisions of Youth Singers of Calgary, which is a large show choir organization here in Calgary that's been operating for well over 30 years. STAR is a part of that family, and it came into being about 10 years ago now, where we piloted the project of how can we bring this fun and engaging show choir musical experience that Youth Singers offers to a population that would not necessarily be able to participate in the typical programming or sort of, uh, you know, the, the setup of the rehearsals and whatnot at the intensity that it might typically run at. And we know that music is something that so many of our youth enjoy and love and we we were thinking that you know this is this is a set of of kids and youth that we would really be happy to serve um, in a in a in a better in a better way. And you know the Star Program sort of was born from from that from that sort of inspiration and and desire. Funds that are raised on days like P- Pledge Day those help to support us to you know, help make sure that our studio is equipped with the right type of equipment that is a, that is appropriate for our, you know, our youth so we can have sound systems and things like that that effectively meet our needs. Um, adding to wardrobe, um, getting things that are custom made for wardrobe. Um, we are, you know, in the process of getting a whole new set of vests made that are in a material that is not scratchy and not, uh, you know, of a, of a texture that is uncomfortable to any of our kids and things like that. So some things that, that we, we need specifically for our STAR participants that don't necessarily fall under the category of the general wardrobe department, for example. So things like that have been hugely helpful. 
and we were able to put together um, a, a video in which we were featuring our star performers um, doing the song Old Time Rock and Roll and the production and time that went into producing that video was also something that we were able to use, um, you know, donated funds for and it's been been a wonderful, wonderful sort of thing to have to add to to our program. Being able to offer a program like STAR and support it within our city's community as we do is it's, it's the equivalent of seeing joy, joy personified on these kids' faces week after week. Um, being able to, you know, to channel that energy into something that they really enjoy, being able to work toward presentations and share that, being able to have somewhere that they can come every week, that they can call their own and that they belong to. You know, it's, it's, it has made my life uh, you know, better, and I feel that it has enhanced the youth we serve and their families in immeasurable ways. And so, any any help, any support that helps that you know this be able to continue and thrive as best it can um, is is the equivalent to bringing joy. Pledge Day will be held on Friday, December second, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. from the Westin in downtown Calgary. You can donate online anytime at www.calgarychildrensfoundation.com. Call to donate on Pledge Day at 403-974-8255 or donate in person at the Westin on December 2nd. For 770 CHQR, I'm Dave McIver.